Welcome to Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things. I'm your host, Carrie Roberts, and I'll be showing you how average, everyday people have chosen to make positive changes in their life to accomplish what makes them happy. I hope this podcast will allow you to feel a connection with people who have something in common with you and make you realize you can have the life you want. podcast listeners. Today, my guest is Shannon O'Neill, and Shannon does a little bit of everything, and so I am so excited for her to come on the show and tell us about her story. So welcome, Shannon. Hi, Carrie. How are you? I'm good. So I wanted to tell you that I found you because I was searching on the internet for something that would act as proof to an idea I'd have, and I came across your article and I was like, oh my God, this is exactly like what I've been looking for. Who is this person who wrote this? And I scrolled down and I read your little bio and your bio said, when someone asked you, what do you do with an English degree? And you said everything. And then it kind of listed everything you did. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have this woman on because I just find you already very impressive by the amount of stuff you've done. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I'm so glad you found that article. Um, yeah, it was about dance and, you know, dance and dance and advertising and dance is something I just recently picked up. Um, you know, it was kind of an old passion I had when I was a kid and from being a freelance writer, um, I write about content marketing, um, it's one of my kind of side gigs. And so when I had the opportunity to kind of combine those two ideas, I just went with it and I really enjoyed writing it and, you know, it got me to meet you. So you never know where these things lead, which is kind of how I tend to live my life a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, just try it, see what happens. What's the worst that can happen? So, yeah, um, I love that. And I think you know, I always like to kind of start a little bit in the beginning, like mm -hmm. that attitude of try anything and see what happens. Was that something that was always a part of you, like even as a kid in high school and growing up, or is that something you've kind of discovered as an adult? Definitely something I discovered. I'm sort of I was kind of a shy kid, um, and grew up in a family that was pretty, um, you know, extroverted, played sports. Um, that was more, you know, my extended family, my grandparents and things. So I saw them, you know, working in sales, doing all sorts of things like that. Um, so I think I was probably a little more timid when I was younger. And then, you know, I thought I had it all figured out when I graduated high school. I was like, I'm going to study journalism. I'm going to go to Boston. I'm going to do all these different things. And then I went into the program. Um, I got accepted into the communications program at Boston University. I was really excited. And then I got there and realized, oh, no. Like After taking a couple of classes, I realized that was not the path that I um, really needed to be on. Um, journalism was just not, it just didn't feel right um, for me. So I think that was probably when I started pivoting and learning how to accept that, um, where I ended up transferring, went into a different, went to a different school. And I think that that sort of moment of realizing, oh, I thought this was all figured out and it's not, I would think that maybe is kind of the beginning of when I started to, didn't feel like confidence at the beginning. I can tell you that. <laughs> I felt like, oh no, I built this whole idea up of what I'm going to be doing and now I'm changing what I'm doing. Um, so I think it's just been sort of trial and error, honestly, um, and just from doing that and going back and deciding I'm going to, you know, study English and who cares what people think about it. Um, and, you know, and honestly, when I think people, what people think, some of it was what I thought. And I thought, oh, an English major, like I'll definitely have to get a PhD and you can only really be a professor. And, um, but, you know, I had to put all that aside and kind of combine, you know, I ended up writing for the school paper anyway. And, you know, just kind of realizing there's different ways to do things and it's not all 
one way, one kind of siloed way of looking at things. So I think that's kind of where, where my journey began in um, doing different things with my career. So that led to um, my first job was actually at Harvard Business Review magazine. And that, you know, it was also kind of unexpected. I moved to Boston. I was temping. Lucky for me, the economy was good. So there were some, you know, open positions coming up, but that was never something I thought I would be doing. I didn't think I'd be working at a business magazine. I didn't really have a background in business, but you know, I did it and I thought, well, I'm going to learn something about editing. So I think it's just always knowing that you're putting something else in your toolkit. Um, and you know, I'm not saying I knew it then, <laughs> but now I feel like, oh, that maybe that's what that meant. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, you bring up an interesting point because I was a dance major in college, which was another similar to English. Like, well, what are you going to mm -hmm. do with that dance on Broadway? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, like there's so many other things. And even if I did want to perform, like there are other places besides Broadway. And I used to get so frustrated trying to kind of defend why I was doing it. And um, even still, you know, people are like, oh, that's what you did. And I've done a variety of things now. And mm -hmm. I think that it's interesting that so many people get stuck into a box. And I just spoke with a girl who's a freshman in college going through a very similar thing that you did of like, oh, I don't know if I like this school. I don't know if I like this degree, but oh, am I going to make my parents unhappy? Like, what do I do? And I was telling her, I was like, you know, the big secret is none of the adults know what they want to do. And like, right. we're always changing. Like, how right. did you kind of deal with that at a young age when you finally realize like, oh my gosh, I don't have to have this linear path that I can do something different. How did you deal with that? Or how would you recommend somebody at that age deals with that? Yeah, I think just really being flexible and letting go of a little bit of your ego, you know, I mean, for me, a lot of it was, oh, I really, I grew up in Michigan. I was like, I really want to get out of Michigan, you know, and so many of my friends went on to University of Michigan or Michigan State. And so that was a big push for me it was like, I need to get out of here. So that was a big reason I went to Boston. And so coming back a little bit with, you know, my tail between my legs, um, I think was really good for me. You know, I ended up at kind of a satellite campus to University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, and was going to transfer in the next semester. And and I think it was really good to go back home knowing, okay, I did make it out. And that means I can make it out again. And, you know, just, just realizing that what might look like a failure is probably not, you know, it's just kind of like test and fail and test and succeed. And um, so I think just knowing that there's not this, not everything isn't, you know, oh, that, that's a dead end or that, that means this. And this means that, you know, I think just being open. Um, and I, I think that was a good lesson for me to learn that it wasn't really about going away. Um, and, you know, and, I, and since then, I, you know, I ended up living in Boston again. I went and lived in Ireland. So, you know, it just, it, it gives you these things that maybe at the time does, it doesn't really look like a gift. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think just being open to knowing that these, these paths are going to lead somewhere. Um, and I know I, I just, I taught um, a creative writing class recently at College of William and Mary, and you know it's a smallish school, really talented kids, and so many of my students. And this was just a creative writing class. They always were asking me about, oh, I've got to declare a major, and oh, what did you do? And oh, and I was like, oh my gosh, I mean, they're so young, and I just kind of tried to, you know, say the same thing you said to this young woman. Just, you know, it's no one really knows. It's going to be okay. Like you can't, you know, just stay the course. Um, I think that's that's kind of a it's hard for people um, because you know you kind of think, oh no, if I choose this path, then I'm going to be 10 steps behind somebody else. And I think just kind of knowing yourself a little bit. Yeah. And I'm curious, did you find uh, at that young age or later on in life that 
you had an idea of where you wanted to go and then you worked backwards to kind of maneuver in that direction? Or were you just very open in general and just kind of saying yes to everything and just seeing where it would lead you? Yeah, I think, you know, I always knew I wanted to write. Um, and that has been something that has been a big part of my life since I was younger, um, you know, something I really excelled at, enjoyed. So I think I kind of always had that little glimmer of like, okay, writing is going to be a part of this somehow. Um, and so I think maybe, yeah, maybe working backwards from that in a way, okay, what does writing look like? What does a career in writing mean? Does it, des does it necessarily mean a newspaper? Maybe not. Maybe it means a magazine. Maybe it means um, I ended up working for a nonprofit and wrote their newsletter and wrote grants. And, you know, so I think, yeah, feeling like maybe that was a good leading point for me of like, okay, I like writing. I like communications. How else can this fit into what we call a career, what we think of as a job. Um, and so I think that was always a little bit of an anchor for me. Um, and okay, how can I do research or writing? Like how do those pieces of things that I really enjoy fit into this job? So I think that's, you know, how most of my career path has sort of evolved out of that and always being interested in that kind of problem solving dynamic, which I don't think people really think of writing that way a lot, but it really is um, where you're always, you know, Whatever it is, it could be a story, it could be an essay, you're always trying to figure out a problem and, and, you know, state it correctly, state it in an engaging way. And so, you know, that's how I've ended up writing website content. I've helped a couple of small businesses, um, you know, start up. And so it's, it's really interesting when you really start digging into why are these certain things calling to you and, and figuring out what you like about it and what you don't like and being okay with that um, when you go into the next, next stage of your career, whatever that might be. Yeah. And I'm curious. So I, I was looking, you know, at your little bio, you've done, like you said, you've done event planning, press releases, magazines, media, news. You've done really, I feel like the <laughs> array of writing and communications, like the full expansion. Now, was that something that you just applied for jobs or did you kind of create your own work? Like kind of what was that path in being able to do such a variety of things when, like you said earlier, you know, a lot of people don't have the tools just yet. And so they feel like they're not qualified for the job. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, you know, early on, uh, right when I finished college, I did an internship at a magazine and that really, you know, helped too, just to build up skills. So I always encourage people to, when they're in school, I'm like, just do the internships now and you can get credit and you can kind of figure it out. But yeah, most of the time it was usually, um, you know, positions that I applied to. Um, but, you know, within that, there was, there were several months of unemployment between that. So I think I was always kind of building building up to, okay, this could be something. Um, so I think I, you know, with working in nonprofit, um, that was just sort of, you know, maybe the big picture of the job was, okay, you're going to be assisting the director, but there were all these little small parts that were like, you know, the newsletter, the grant writing. And then when I helped um, a friend of mine start her own public relations agency, some of that was account work, but a lot of it was also helping her with the website. You know, so it was all those little things that, um, I started kind of collecting and then now that I'm freelancing and have my own business, I have been able to kind of turn that around to finding clients and seeing how. So I, I think it's, um, it's interesting because I think, you know, there's so many things and so many people that are, or, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of talk about, you know, oh, don't be a generalist or, you know, make sure to get your niche and da 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 da. And, and it's hard because I feel like sometimes I feel like maybe I'm a generalist. Like I know I have a lot of different information and a lot of different, you know, I'm able to do that. And so how do you position yourself when you're looking for something that's maybe in a different field than what you're not used to? But I think 
it always comes back to for me, like finding that moment of, oh, when I did this, you know, that connects to this in this way. And, um, you know, just making sure that you're always really thinking deeply about what it is, whatever this position is asking of you, um, and not just thinking, oh, I don't have that. Or, oh, you know, looking at job descriptions and thinking, oh, I could never do that. Um, you'd be surprised that sometimes it's just in a conversation, somebody really connects with one thing you said that maybe has nothing to do with that job description, that, you know, that they need that skill and they didn't even need, they need, need know that they needed it. So I think it's just being open in that way as well um, to, you know, being, I guess, you know, focused, but also a little bit flexible in terms of how you're positioning yourself. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. You talked about the word niche because I know that's something I struggle with too. And, and a lot of people do, cause you hear all the time, like if you're catering to everyone, you're catering to no one. Then when you have, like you said yourself, a business or you're coming off as a freelancer, or you're trying to kind of create what you're great at or a quote unquote, somewhat of an expert in, um, that's really challenging because we as people grow too. So do you kind of say that you're a generalist, that you can do a little bit of everything or how do you kind of brand yourself now, especially since a lot of what you're writing has to do with branding as well? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I definitely have kind of, you know, made more of a concentrated effort to talk about how I'm, you know, helping companies tell their stories, how I'm, um, you know, I've been very specific for a lot of people. Like I can do a corporate bio, I can, you know, write website content. Um, you know, do you have a newsletter? So I think just narrowing it, um, when needed to that industry. Um, and I really, I, you know, I think maybe like very big corporations are looking for people that are like very specific. Like that's usually when I've hit a wall more when it's somebody that's like, Oh, we specifically need someone that does X, Y, and Z. And they have the, you know, they have enough of, um, um, I can't think of the word right now, but you know, finance and like they can go on and find somebody that does exactly mm -hmm. that. But I think small companies sometimes are a little more, you know, they're open to like, okay, this person can do this. Great. Please do it. Um, so I think I just try to, you know, just kind of fit myself to the situation. I mean, if someone came to me and they, you know, were a chemical company and really needed someone to write like a technical manual, I don't think I could possibly <laughs> figure that out. But for the most part, I think it's just, like you can, you can usually look back on something you've done and, and think of like one thing that linked back into that. Like, oh, wait, I did, I did do this annual report for this, you know, it was a nonprofit, but it all has all the same things in it that you're going to need as, you know, an organic food company, whatever it is. Um, so I think it's that sort of being able to search your own, search your own resume, search your own, you know, past to realize like, wow, I've actually got these kind of keywords. And honestly, I mean, now, right now, everyone's talking about content marketing, but you know, last year that was called being a writer. So I don't know. <laughs> there's, so many different, there's so many different words we use that really mean the same thing. So I think you could drive yourself crazy. Um, and not to say, I mean, I know plenty of people that have niches that are fantastic. I, mean, I have a friend who's a lawyer and she has built a little cottage industry for herself of just, you know, writing websites for law firms. But that is something that, you know, she had to have a law degree to do. So there are definitely there's some truth to that. Like, yes, if you have this niche, but I think if you're interested in something deeply and you can figure out a way to write about it, I'm mean, even with dance, like I have been taking dance classes. I really enjoyed it. And I kind of use that interest and the vehicle of writing for Skyward to put those two things together um, in a way that I hope, you know, people found interesting. And 
just because I thought, well, that's, you know, there's no one's really talking about dance in this way. Here's some, some way I can bring this into the spotlight. So I think there's a lot of neat things you can do when you just really sort of start to get a little more creative with how you're thinking about yourself and not, not beating yourself up and, you know, thinking, oh, I'm not like that, or I can't do that, or this person's doing that, so I can't do it. I mean, there's so much room for most people to do anything they want if they just kind of keep getting out there. And a lot of times too, like you don't even realize what you're putting out there and other people will see it. And, you know, you might meet someone randomly and then they're contacting you a few months later or a month later for a project or they were like, oh, you know, you mentioned this and I really need someone to do marketing for me. And you forgot that you even mentioned marketing, you know? So I think it's just kind of always being, being intentional, I guess, when you're talking to people and not assuming like, oh, well, that company would never call me back or, you know, just... I guess putting a, a friend of mine recently said um, she's been doing some freelance graphic design. She's like, I'm just, she's like, the older I get, the more I just say, you know what, just put it all on the grill. Like, just put it all out there. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. Just that, I, that's that image of, you know, a big barbecue. And it's like, all right, here's everything that's in the refrigerator and somebody's going to like one piece of that, you know? So it's kind of a crazy way to think about it, but it's, it's proven true in terms of what I've seen out there. Yeah, and I'm curious um, because, you know, just talking to you, not only do you come off very confident, but just creative in how you think as a whole. Do you have a writing process for yourself that either you do when you're doing projects or on your own? Like, do you have something where every morning at 8 a.m. you just write or do you have any type of process to improve your craft? Um, I think, you know, um, well, one thing I do, um, and I just started doing this in the last, I guess it's been a few years now, um, there's a great book um, by Julia Cameron called The Artist's Way, and it's been around for probably like 25 years, and a lot of it's about getting over creative hurdles, um, so it's, you know, written for anyone really that's an artist, anyone that's creative, but one of the things she talks a lot about is um, doing morning pages, and so every morning before you walk the dog before you do anything, before you talk to anybody, you sit down and you just kind of do this brain dump of, you know, always it has to be three pages. Um, and that has been really helpful. Um, and some of that is actually about letting go of like craft or how beautiful this is going to sound or not thinking anyone's going to publish your journals. Just it really gets you kind of thinking creatively or gets kind of a lot of stuff out of your brain that maybe has been stuck in there. Um, so that's one thing I try to do without fail. But, well, with writing, um, you know, marketing content, there's not really a way to really have a process or a craft necessarily. I think it's more about the strategy of how you approach a project. Um, but I think with, you know, being more creative, I also write short stories and fiction. And I've had a writing group for the last, I think we just celebrated like our 10th year. Um, and that's something that's carried through even when I did an MFA in creative writing. And I think having that kind of accountability um, is really, really helpful. Um, and, you know, and there's some months when maybe I don't have anything to share, but I'm helping other people with their stories. So I think just making these things present in your life where it's, it's your writing group and that's what you're going to do. And it's once a month. And in that, in that time frame, that's what you're going to think about, talk about. That's all you're going to do. You're not going to worry about all these other things in your life or how this isn't, you know, you're not going to get published that way. And um, so I think it's just really, a lot of it's just about finding that time and space to shut down all those other voices. Um, so I think those are sort of my, my go-to things. Oh, and I also use, this really isn't craft, but I found someone introduced me to the Pomodoro technique, which I guess is um, some designer had come up with this and it's like a little tomato timer, but you can get it on just online and you do things in 25 minute increments. 
So you'll work for 25 minutes and you won't look at email, whatever it is that you're trying to get done. And then you have like a 10 minute break. So that's really helped me with just being more, you know, just getting more things done, being more strategic about how I'm working and not just going off and, oh no, I'm on Facebook now. Oh no, it's this great article I saw, you know? So yeah, <laughs> I think just yeah, yeah, narrowing, yeah. narrowing your options, I think is always what I enjoy. Just less, less is more. Yeah. And do you find that having a support system in general, but also for you has helped you to be successful in writing, whether that was the family you grew up with, having your husband, your friends, because I find that there's a lot of people that are so afraid to to do the things they want to do in life because they don't have the support system. So I'm just curious how, you know, do you have that in your life and how has that helped you be successful? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think going back to like in college when I, you know, pushed really hard to go away to school and we had to scramble to get grants and all those other things. And then coming back home, like my parents never made me feel ashamed about that. You know, I think they left that door open. They probably were happy to have me home. Um, but you know, so I think having that, support of them helping me figure that out. Like, okay, well, what, what is the next step? What does this look like? Um, and also, you know, finding a spouse, my husband, Daryl is, he's great, a great supporter of what I want to do. And I'm a supporter of him. Likewise. Um, you know, he's been doing his own podcast and he's worked as a, he also works freelance. So I kind of, we're always kind of like a teeter totter where one of us is maybe doing something that we're not a thousand percent excited about, but the other person is like, wow, this is amazing what I'm doing. And then we kind of switch off. And I, I don't know if that's even anything we ever discussed. I think it was just that's how we support each other and, you know, talking through things. And, um, it really, it really does help because, you know, I know people have a lot of other stresses in their lives, things that stop them from, from doing things. And I think having, you know, support networks, and it doesn't always have to be a spouse or a family member. I mean, there's so many people out there. I mean, that's one thing I found this year as I've sort of started building um, my own business. I've had to go out and, and really network and really put myself out there. And I would say nine times out of 10, people are really helpful. Like people that, you know, usually if you find someone that's doing something similar to what you want to do, rather than looking at that as competition, I would say, you know, email them, pick up the phone or talk to them. And people are really more giving than I think we think. Like, I think we like to say, oh, that's really competitive or that's their space. And most people are going to talk to you. They're going to give you advice. They're going to, you know, give you some key things like, oh, check out this, you know, website, or this is a really great networking group, or you really should do this, or have you heard of this, you know? So I think there's a lot of information out there that we can get through other people and people like to do that. Um, so I think there's a lot of ways you can find support networks based on your interests and, you know, career choices, whatever it is. Yeah, and I, I wanted to move a little bit forward because one of the other things that I find interesting as you were talking about earlier about being open to things. So I see that you also have a master's in film studies. Now, what made you interested in kind of adjusting? Is it because you think you're more of just a storyteller as a whole and that was of interest or where did that transition come from from going from writing to having an interest in film? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I was in Boston, they had, um, it was like a kind of, evening film school you could go to. So I, and I've always loved film. So I'd taken a couple classes and then I thought, oh, that could be a neat thing to do. I mean, quite honestly, I think it was a fear of actually writing fiction. You know, I think it was a way to put myself off. It's like, oh, movies are kind of like fiction, but I still don't, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was kind of how I ended up going down that path. Um, but it also, I was interested in film and I found a program in Ireland that was relatively affordable. I was able to take out grants. I think I just needed 
an adventure, but I wasn't the type of person that was just going to go backpacking around the world or like I needed sort of a bigger reason. So film school worked out well for me in that way. And, and that's also where I met my husband. So we got a double, double whammy there. Um, but, you know, and I think when I came out of it, a lot of people expected me to like make a short film or, and I, I ended up just, you know, a lot of what I studied there was film studies. So again, it was more research, that type of style of things. And I don't know, I didn't, I didn't, I don't always see things as like, oh, this is a means to an end. And if it doesn't work out in that way, then it's a waste, you know? So I think it was something that after going through the program, I realized, oh, there's a lot to making films I didn't realize and raising money and production and da da da. But what's funny is there's certain parts of that that still, that I still used. You know, I was kind of a production manager on films. So I was managing people and doing all the, you know, like I was behind the scenes and all that. And I think that's something that's carried through in other jobs I've done where I've done some event planning where I'm, you know, it's kind of like the Muppet show where you're the one behind the curtain before the, before the show goes on. So definitely learned a ton of skills doing that. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, like I keep going back to the same thing, but just, you know, kind of like, okay, if it doesn't work out this way, it doesn't mean it didn't work or that it was for nothing. And, um, and I ended up, there was somebody I met in that program that gosh, five or six years later connected me um, to another position with a screenwriter who, who runs events, um, Robert McKee. So that was a great experience too, you know, and that was just someone that remembered me from doing that and said, Oh, do you, are you interested? And, um, so yeah. I, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, as you're talking about this, I feel the same way. I'm very much about connecting people and the idea of connecting and that everything is connected. Yeah. I think it's neat that you're noticing that in your own life. Um, sometimes it's right in front of you or sometimes like you said it happens later on or you're creating the connection and that is what it has allowed you to experience and do so many things yeah definitely I mean and I think you know as much as I can leverage and use that for other people I mean and that was a big thing I, I launched my own business this year um, aside from my writing and um, freelance writing I also have started a company called settled in and it's in Richmond, Virginia. And basically I help people that are new to Richmond, like with recommendations, with little tours, like kind of helping them like speed up the process of when they move to a new place and they don't know anybody. And then all that came from me being new to a place and not knowing anybody. You know? So, and thinking like, okay, there's a way I can really connect with people and do all these things that I like and that I'm already doing for other people. So I think, you know, it, yeah, it, and that was like a, something that sprung out of a really good friend of mine ended up leaving Richmond, she went back for another job in Texas. And I really felt bummed out that she was leaving. And I thought, wow, wouldn't that be great if, you know, for her, there'd been this other sort of resource. And yeah, so I think it's just, yeah, it really is. I think things are connected. I think there's just ways you can leave yourself a little bit open to things and not just passively let things go by or think, oh, that was a great idea I had and I never acted on it. And that's not something I've had to teach myself because I'm, you know, as a writer, um, you know, anyone that's sort of creative knows, like, it's really more fun to dream than to, <laughs> to actualize something. So I've had to get myself out of that loop in the last year and really just try things and think, okay, if it doesn't work this way, maybe it'll work this way. And that's been a great lesson too. But yeah, I think there's so many connections that we fail to see just personally, interpersonal connections, not just like, oh, on Facebook, I'm connected to this person. Just literally, <laughs> you walk out your door, mm -hmm. there's probably a lot more people that you know that would be willing to help you in different ways. 
Yes, 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 yes. I totally agree. And I, you know, it's just always funny when I do these podcasts because I have a lot of people that I, just like you, I've never talked to them before. This is our first conversation. And it's been really neat because, uh, you know, they always talk about the law of attraction or, you know, when you're searching for something, it finds you. And it's just really, really neat as I meet all different people, including yourself, how I start to learn things, how I'm like, oh, this person thinks the same way or they're experiencing the same thing. And again, you start to make all these really cool connections. So I just enjoy that whole component of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, how crazy is it that you happen to be looking for a topic that I was writing about? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I only wrote that piece like a month ago. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like what have you been looking two months ago? You, yeah. you know, so it's true. It's totally true. That's so funny because I was so excited when I saw your email and I'm like, wow, not only did someone read my, read my piece, but they really liked it and they want to talk to me about other things. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's funny. So now, as you were saying earlier, you know, you're somebody who likes to dream and, and think and create a lot, but you're not always the one to do. You kind of force yourself to do. Um, is there something in your mind right now, either like something you want to write or a company you want to do something for, something you want to create that's kind of been on your mind that you'd like to start doing? Oh, a thousand things. Um, but, <laughs> um, I mean, I've got a novel that I've been working on for quite a while and actually just had a call with some friends of mine um, from my MFA life. And we have just recently started a, a writing group to kind of just, you know, support ourselves. Um, and yeah, so that's one thing I'd love to get done. Um, and one thing I've really always wanted to do, and I, I think I find there's definitely people doing this around the country, but um, just, you know, doing like a writing workshop or storytelling workshop for people um, in communities that aren't as well represented and maybe people that can't afford to take a writing class. Um, and so I really, that's something I've been really wanting to get more engaged in in my community for the last few years. And I think I'm finally going to be able to do it because somebody actually started a nonprofit that does this. So I'm so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad someone did it because I have been thinking I was going to do it and something else would always take precedence. So I think just, you know, sharing that feeling that you know, whatever it is in, that you love, like if it's dance, if it's writing, and if you can like stretch that out to other people and, and show them that and give them that too, I think that's a really great gift. And I think that's always one thing I'm always like, oh, I really want to, you know, give a little bit of my time um, that's not just about me or what I'm doing or what I'm pushing um, and, you know, just give other people that space too. I love that. That's great. Now, is there a place that people can connect with you if they like, whether it's on social media or a website? Um, yeah, well, my website um, for my company is settled. It's uh, www.settledinrva.com, um, and you can find me that way. Um, I am on, and I'm on Instagram. Um, I think I'm just <laughs> sfoneal75. I'm not sure, um, but yeah, that's a good way to connect. Um, but yeah, I'm always happy to talk to new people. And the, one of the questions that I like to ask all my guests at the end of my show is what is one word or quote or mantra that you try to live by every single day? Mm. Let's see. Um, I think make space has been a big one for me the last couple of years. So making space, whatever that means for you. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. I greatly appreciate your time and I look forward to reading some of the more exciting things that you write coming up in the future. Yeah, thanks so much, Carrie. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would greatly appreciate a review over on iTunes. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, 
be sure to message me over on Instagram at Kerry, K-E-R-I dot N dot Roberts. Remember that each of us has something that makes us great. So go out there and show the world what makes you extraordinary. <laughs>